Which players can the Miami Hurricanes lean on this week if they're going to have any chance at pulling off an upset against Florida State? Let's get that Canes stock report. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hate week continues, man. Big rivalry, Miami versus Florida State. We are two days away, 3.30 p.m. on Saturday. I am Alex Dono, host of Locked on Canes. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers out there for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. We love to do these weekly cane stock reports. Stock is down on more areas than usual, I will say, coming off of that NC State loss. And I hope the advice that I can give you guys this week is as good as the advice we've been getting from old Uncle Louie. Now, for some reason, Uncle Louie cannot be with us in person today, but he did leave me a video message. Hey, kid, come here. I've made so much money for the past two weeks buying all them Bitcoins that I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm in my yacht right now. I'm off the coast of Monte Carlo. From now on, kid, you want stock tips? You can watch CNBC because Uncle Louie is riding off into the sunset. Wait, wait, what's that? I see some clouds overhead. The forecast calls for making it rain. Ah! <laughs> I got to say I'm a little hurt by the fact that Uncle Louie, he bought a yacht and he's sailing in Europe right now. Not even a phone call. <laughs> I hope we can do as well as Uncle Louie has been doing. So first, here's whose stock has been rising for the Miami Hurricanes this week heading on heading into this matchup against Florida State. Stock has been rising sky high on freshman running back Mark Fletcher. He was not the reason Miami lost last week. He has not been the reason Miami's offense has been sputtering for the past month plus. I went back and watched his carries again from last week against NC State, and Fletcher was repeatedly making something from nothing on so many occasions. These weren't gaping holes that he was running through. He was running with power. He was breaking tackles, moving piles. That's what got him over 100 yards and five yards per carry. NC State had an excellent running defense. Uh, I do think Miami can be a little bit more creative in the running game and getting to the outside, but Fletcher did his job, and he can be a difference maker against Florida State. You know, the Seminoles, excellent team. They're one of the top four teams in the country, and I believe they deserve to be there but they have been a little bit vulnerable on the ground. Florida State ranks 57th in the country in run stopping, so there might be some yards and important plays to be had for Mark Fletcher this week. And also, I don't really blame him for not picking up that fourth and one because everybody knew what play Miami was going to run there. In fact, Tyler Van Dyke should have pulled it on a read option and thrown to what was a wide-open Colby Young in the end zone, but they you know, stuck with Fletcher on that play instead. But his stock is definitely rising through the roof. I will also say this, okay? Stock, I think, is starting to rise a little bit on Jakari Brown. I know it's a weird thing to say because we don't usually do this 
for someone who literally hasn't played this year. He hasn't taken a snap, but based on the way I look at this matchup, the way I look at Miami's current quarterback situation and some of the rumblings and rumors we've been hearing, I would not be surprised if Jakari Brown gets into this game situationally to take a little bit of the pressure off of Tyler Van Dyke or Emery Williams, whichever quarterback starts. I think this is going to be the week when we see Jakari have a role to play in Miami's offense. And, you know, to what I was saying about Florida State, you know, being vulnerable to the run, uh, a big part of that is being vulnerable to running quarterbacks. You saw what happened when they took on Boston College. So I, I think Jakari Brown could be, you know, a part of Miami offensive success if they can get him on the field this year or this week, I should say. This year, yes. because And he can play, by the way. Jakari Brown can play in your final three regular season games and in the bowl game without burning his red shirt. We know he wanted to red shirt this year. He's already accomplished that. Any snap he takes from this point forward will not take away his red shirt. Stock is up on defensive coordinator Lance Guidry. He's going to have a tough challenge this week, though. But for now, the stock is still going up. Because while Miami's offense continues to hurt the team, and the offense is the reason why, basically the reason why you've lost three games, the defense is giving Miami chances to win every single game. They only surrendered five yards of offense in the entire third quarter last week. And Lance Guidry, he is the crown jewel of this coaching staff right now. Really, the only thing that we can nitpick about his defense is on a couple of occasions, second half against North Carolina and opening drive against Virginia, they've looked vulnerable to tempo. Uh, but from, you know, other than that, they've been prepared. Guidry has had that defense prepared for everything. And I believe the defense, compared to what they did last year, has overachieved this year. Uh, and obviously players like Kiko Mauinoa and Ruben Bain and James Williams recently and Cam Kinchins with all his interceptions have, you know, really helped that defense function. Jaden Davis and his tackling and his big hits, uh, him and Daryl Porter's coverage. I, I hope Porter plays this week. We're not so sure about that one. but. Lance Guidry's stock is definitely rising. The stock is falling on offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson, Guidry's counterpart. Now, Dawson, I don't give him a complete pass. I understand he's dealing with some tough stuff right now. He's been handcuffed recently by catastrophic quarterback play. Some people wonder maybe if, you know, Mario Cristobal is, is kind of making him call plays a certain way. We don't have any evidence of that. But what I do have evidence enough is from Dawson's offense, I don't think we've seen enough creativity to try and counteract the poor quarterback play. And he also is the quarterback's coach. So I need to put some of the blame on him for Tyler Van Dyke's play suffering so much. And yes, to wrap up that stock report, the stock, it has bottomed out. <laughs> on QB1. I don't know. Now, maybe if it's bottomed out, that means it can only go up from here. So, you know, there is that to think about because, you know, I, I do suspect he might get another chance this week, but the stock has bottomed out. This one has gone down like the stock market crash of 1929. 10 interceptions in his past four games, four turnovers last week. Uh, so here's Here's some players that I would I would buy stock in this week. Uh, you know, obviously you want to be like Uncle Louie and be on your yacht in Monaco. Uh, I'm going to buy some A.J. Allen stock this week. He's expected back for this game, and he's going to provide more of a speed dimension for Miami's running game with Fletcher being the bruiser who picks up the tough yards. Uh, Allen didn't play last week. He should be back healthy this week. 
For the mentions, for the reasons I mentioned above, I should say, I will buy some stock in Jakari Brown because I think he might get into the game this week. I'm also buying Brashard Smith stock because I do get the feeling that Miami's coaches have a little bit of regret that they didn't use him enough last week and even the week before. The way that Brashard Smith was used against Clemson, I think, is needs to be more of a regular thing for him. So I think Miami's speedy Swiss Army knife number zero could get some more playing time this week, and I am buying stock. Now, we're going to talk about the defensive challenges when we come back from Miami. I do want to give you guys kind of the update on Thursday as to what I expect from the quarterback position at Miami this Saturday because we're you know a little over 48 hours away from finding out who QB1 is going to be this week. So you know what that means. My friends, we are only getting started. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys, I love the personal chats that we have on the show. We spent a lot of time talking together. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means with Jace Medical. Being on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue, you're covered in this case, my friends. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revadio. Am I saying that right? Revatio, Revadio prescription? And this is possible, my friends. You can get this hookup because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month 12, 12 supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure. Now prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend Jace medical for everyone. If you were someone you love, could get some peace of mind by 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 having a year supply of any daily med go to jacemedical.com that's j a s e medical.com to see if your med is offered for you remember to use promo code locked on all one word locked on for $20 off your first purchase thank you so much for making locked on canes your first listen today we are available free wherever you get your podcasts and we are available free on youtube so here is um, what I've been able to gather on what may end up happening this Saturday, 3.30 p.m., when Miami takes on Florida State in terms of the quarterback situation, right? We've all been wondering, is Tyler Van Dyke going to start? Is he going to start with a short leash? Are they going to give Emery Williams, who, you know, didn't do a whole lot, but he managed the game and won the game against Clemson a few weeks ago? You know, um, let me first say we're not truly going to know until 30 minutes before kickoff on Saturday. Cristobal is going to keep that in his back pocket. He's going to keep that close to the vest. I can understand why he wouldn't come out on Monday and fully endorse Tyler Van Dyke because of the way TVD has played. Uh, 11 turnovers, 10 interceptions in his last four games, 11 interceptions on the season. This has not been a good run for Tyler Van Dyke. Um, I did have a conversation yesterday with Hurricanes play-by-play voice Joe Zagaki. And by no means did he give me the scoop, if he even knows what the scoop is. But he's got an educated opinion that I trust. He gets to watch and has access to practices that I don't have access to. And you know, I was asking Joe, like, what do you think is going to happen at quarterback? And again, this is this is not breaking news. This is just his suspicion from an opinion that I value. He thinks they're probably going to start Tyler Van Dyke, but 
keep him on a shorter leash. What could that mean? Um, if he goes out there and, you know, Miami's offense can't move for the first two or three series, he can't complete a throw, then you might think about, hey, his confidence is still shot. You pull him and maybe a Jakari Brown can give you a spark or Emery Williams can at least manage the game. Or, you know, if Van Dyke goes out there and throws a couple of interceptions, then you give him the hook and, and you bring in one of the backups. So basically, um, the way I could envision this going down is Van Dyke does get the start because, again, in theory, if you can get the best version of Tyler Van Dyke, which we haven't seen till since September, but if you can get the Van Dyke versus Texas A&M, if you can get that version of Tyler Van Dyke, that's the one who gives you the best chance to beat Florida State. He's been taking, you know, first team reps for the entire season. He's been your starting quarterback for the past few years. Um, I'm not saying this is what I would do because, you know, you guys heard me earlier this week. I would like to see a collaboration between Emery Williams and Jakari Brown. Uh, but, I, yeah, I do suspect that uh, Tyler Van Dyke could end up being the guy who does get the start again this week. But if things do not go well, it's going to have to be looking over his shoulder because he he could get the hook this week. So, again, that's not breaking news. That's just an educated, informed opinion that I am compiling throughout the week. Okay. All right, we got questions from you guys. Uh, by the way, if you want to ask us questions anytime, join Locked On Canes Insiders. I include a link in the show description below. You get text messages directly from my phone to yours on Locked On Canes Insiders. You guys can ask me questions. We answer some of them right there on the service, some of them on the show. I give you guys breaking news, recruiting scoops, observations from games and practices that we have access to, fall camp and all that stuff, spring football. So make sure you click the link in the show description below. You can try it free for 14 days. Then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. All right, we get a question from Stephen C. who says, what are the keys to slowing down the huge wide receivers that Florida State has? Uh, I'm sure he's talking about Johnny Wilson at six foot seven and Keon Coleman at six foot four. For one thing, um, <laughs> I think we all need to say a prayer that they're still limited or maybe even miss this game completely. All right. Because both of them, <laughs> excuse me, I'm a little under the weather today. If you can't tell, because both Keon Coleman who missed last game and Johnny Wilson, who's been hurt the last three of the last four games, they both been banged up this year. So can Miami catch a break and maybe they won't play. Uh, but you know, obviously there's a good chance. I think both of them are back in the lineup this week. You have to play disciplined in your defensive secondary. You have to communicate. You can't have any busted coverages or blown coverages. They're going to kill you, okay? Uh, you probably don't let James Williams line up in the box as much because you're going to need James in coverage because he's the only one that can match the size of their receivers. James Williams at six foot five, he is that dude, okay? But most importantly, because guys, if you give if you give Jordan Travis time to throw, they're going to kill you no matter how good your coverage is, okay? You give that guy time to throw, and he can make his own time, which is part of what makes defending Florida State so difficult. But if he has time to throw, he's going to find Keon Coleman especially. You're going to have a steady diet of Keon Coleman because that's just what he does. He's one of the outstanding receivers in the country, all right? So you have to pressure Travis. Try to force him to make off-schedule throws. Make him uncomfortable, okay? Uh, sack him as much as you can. He's very difficult to sack. Even though their offensive line is not great, he's only been sacked 12 times this year because his escapability is so good. But at least flush him out of the pocket. Try to force some errant throws. He's only had two interceptions this year. Try to force some errant throws, some overthrows. Force him to throw it away. 
get him to the ground as much as you possibly can. Hit him within the rules as much as you possibly can, because that to me is the most important thing. I think the only way to limit or shut down, if that's even possible, Florida State's passing offense is to get in Jordan Travis's grill. Florida State has the 18th ranked passing offense in the country, just under 300 yards average per game. And last week, guys, even without Coleman and Wilson against a pretty good Pittsburgh defense, they threw for 360. So even without their top receivers in the lineup, you know, the, the secondary and tertiary players were still able to run rough shot on Pittsburgh's defense. So you're going to have a really, really tough challenge ahead. And honestly, when you talk about paths to victory this week, I do think Miami in the trenches can physically match up with Florida State pretty well. Miami's a very physical team. That's an important part of football, all right? What concerns me are skill positions. That's where Florida State is superior. Um, and obviously Miami's struggles recently on offense, they cannot carry over into this game. Otherwise you're dead. So yeah, Miami can match up pretty well in the trenches physically. Um, so that needs to stay on point and you've got to try and win the turnover margin. I know that's been difficult for Miami lately, but you've got to try and maybe get a little lucky with Florida state losing some fumbles. You've got to try to force Jordan Travis to throw some INTs because, you probably got to be at least plus two in the turnover margin to win this game. I don't even know if being even in turnovers or plus one will be enough to get it done. You've got to really hope you can force Florida State into making some mistakes and maybe get lucky with them, you know, committing some of the self-inflicted wounds that Miami has been committing in recent weeks. I think that's really the only way to get it done. We get a question from Andrew in Pennsylvania who says, Hey, Dono, since most signs are pointing to Tyler Van Dyke potentially not being a 2024 option for Miami one way or another, he says the coaching staff, I would think, would potentially look at the transfer portal for a quarterback option to compete for next year's spot. Any ideas as to who they could pursue? He says, while doubtful, would an Arch Manning push make sense due to the Texas quarterback complications? Well, OK, Andrew, I'm going to rule out Arch right now because. He's the future, like Texas, they're going to roll out the red carpet for him. So I can't see Arch leaving Texas, but the Arch Manning factor, I think could lead to one of their quarterbacks being available. Malik Murphy, uh, I could very well see him entering the transfer portal because he's he's going to get passed over for Arch once Quinn Ewers leaves. You know, and Murphy, he's got characteristics that can make him a really dangerous quarterback in Miami's offense, but he has struggled with turnovers. Even with Texas winning games with him under center, he struggled with turnovers. So I don't know if that's a perfect solution, but it is definitely something to look at. If he does hit the portal, as I suspect he would, um, you got to look at other situations where you've got talented backups behind starters. Devin Brown is the backup to McCord at Ohio State. I could see Brown maybe leaving since McCord has two or three years of eligibility left. Uh, Georgia has got two highly touted quarterbacks sitting behind Carson Beck, guys who are big-time recruits, Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton. I mean, who wouldn't want a quarterback named Gunnar, right? So these are these are some of the guys you might be looking at in the transfer portal this coming year. Um, I also, though, you know, are you going to be looking at someone maybe who's willing to compete here to start? Because a lot of the names I mentioned probably aren't looking for competitions. They're looking for green lights because – I'm not ruling out Emory Williams being the heir apparent. Like em Emory Williams could end up being the starter next year. That might depend on whether or not we see him at the end of this year and get an idea as to what the future holds there. But if you're talking about 
veteran transfers who could be available. I think names like that. And if you guys have any more names you want to throw in the mix, leave us a comment uh, either on our YouTube channel or leave us a comment on X. You can tweet me or post to me at Alex Dono, or you can send a message to the show at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. We'll answer more of your questions on the other side. Uh, we do have a question about moving forward, potentially the future of Jakari Brown or Emory Williams in this offense. Uh, ooh, we got a question about how to prepare for the double teams against Ruben Bain because we saw a lot of those against NC State last week. You know what you want to do, my friends? You want to keep it locked right here on this Thursday episode. It's almost Friday. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. I know you're keeping it locked to prize picks. Guys, you can make up to 25 times your money. You put $10 down on prize picks, you can turn that into $250 with a couple of clicks. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the stats. You pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and you watch the winnings roll in. <clears throat> Guys, basketball season is here as well. You can go cross-sport. You can select three football players, three basketball players. You can go cross-league, cross-sport. And Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So, guys, you want to go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnCollege and use our code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's code LockedOnCollege, all one word. Prize Picks truly is daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. It's Friday Eve. Friday is tomorrow, and that means... Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, 11 a.m. to noon, streaming live on this YouTube, YouTube channel and every Locked On College YouTube channel from 11 a.m. to noon every Friday. Join me, Drake Toll, and Kenton Gibbs talking about all the big games and all the big storylines in college football, making our game picks for the weekend. You want to check it out, 11 a.m. live every single Friday right here on Locked On Canes and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's take more questions from our um, from our Locked on Canes Insiders group. We get a question from 818 Callie Kane, who says, who do you think fits the Shannon Dawson offense better between Jakari Brown or Emery Williams? So there's no perfect answer to this one, 818, because if Jakari Brown can get his accuracy to around 55, 60% plus, he would be perfect. <laughs> A dual threat quarterback can unlock an extra element in the Dawson offense. Dawson had a great one in Houston in Clayton Toon, who was so effective in, in that air raid scheme. Uh, but if Jakari, if he's just a 40 to 50% passer, which is kind of what's been the history on him below 50%, then you know it, it's hard to win consistently if he can't get his accuracy up. So in that case, Emory Williams would be the guy because Emory does show potential to be a really really accurate quarterback quick release and accuracy and you know being able to really be the field general and make throws at multiple levels I, I think that that that's almost as important as the dual threat element of it so as things stand today I would lean to Emory Williams maybe being the better prospect but 
Jakari Brown, if he can get his accuracy, it doesn't have to be 75%. Like if he if he can get his accuracy over over like 55%, then I think he could be an absolute dynamic, dynamic quarterback to run this Dawson offense. Get a question from Joseph who says, Dono, how does Miami prepare for double teams that I believe we're starting to see against Ruben Bain? Should be we should we be running blitzes from his side? Yeah, I, th I think that's part of it. Blitz from his side. Also move Ruben Bain around the line to try and find your best possible matchups. Like you need to hope also that others step up and get pressure while Bain is being doubled, right? I mean, if you can get pressure, especially from the interior, from Leonard Taylor and Branson Dean, Dean, Dean had two sacks a couple of games ago. You know, obviously you've got a bunch of guys like Mesidor and Nigel e. Kelly, who unfortunately are injured. You know, Jafari Harvey has got a really important job to take some of that pressure off Bain. And as far as finding good matchups for Bain, Florida State, they've had some problems at right tackle this year. So I hope that Lance Gidry and Reuben Bain can find some ways to exploit that because make no mistake, Reuben Bain has been Miami's best pass rusher this year. Not only do the numbers back that up with every stat you can find, right? Including sack totals, the numbers back that up. But, you know, Reuben Bain, he's, he's the guy that opposing offensive coordinators have to really give some extra thought to during the week. And I thought NC State did a pretty good job with that. We'll see if uh, if Lance Gidry can kind of counterpunch and find a way to get Bain uh, a little bit more involved on the stat sheet. But even when he's not getting sacks, if he's taken up double teams, that is helping the rest of that line. So Ruben Bain, even if he's not putting up the stats, he can still help this defensive line in a number of ways. We get a question from Jeff who says, hey, I haven't heard Wesley Besaint's name called a lot this season. Is it scheme related? Is it because... Francisco is playing more in the middle. Well, Francisco's not playing his position. He says, or am I just not paying close enough attention? What are your thoughts on Wesley this season? Um, so I, I think Besaint, he's had some excellent games and excellent moments this year, but a couple notes on that. Uh, his past few games have not been his best. Like he, he actually graded out okay against Virginia. I went back and looked at the pro football focus numbers. Not as well against Clemson and NC State. Uh, and Besaint, he's playing 38 to 40 snaps per game. He's splitting reps with K.J. Cloyd. So he's not on the field nearly as much. Now, Maui Noah is obviously the guy whose name you hear called all the time, who's, you know, he's been Miami's best overall linebacker. He plays 60-plus snaps per game. Uh, but Besaint, Besaint has had some really good games and some good moments. And, I you know, I think he was uh, – hopefully he can step up this week, guys, because we need it from, from Kiko, from K.J., from Besaint. Corey Flagg, who's actually done a really good job this year, even though his reps have been more limited playing behind Kiko, Corey Flagg has has had some really dynamic games, including one of the biggest tackles of the season, the one that he made against uh, Clemson to seal the game. So, yeah, I mean, I think Besaint has been pretty good this year. Uh, we get a question from Omi1 who says, do you know why the U does not seemingly target the tight end? Is it just Tyler Van Dyke? Uh, he says also Brashard Smith needs more touches. Why not more Smith or Chris Johnson, even if it's just swing passes? Uh, I, I definitely agree with that last point. I think we all need to see more Brashard Smith. I would love to see ways to get Chris Johnson on the field because he's the fastest player, arguably, on the team. He and Tyler Harrell are. As far as the tight ends, uh, I, I think, you know, you can't say it's all Van Dyke because Van Dyke threw a lot to Will Mallory last year. So it's not as if like Van Dyke has been tight end averse throughout his career. Um, so, 
you know, it is worth pointing out that tight ends don't have a history of putting up big numbers in Shannon Dawson offenses. That's one. I do think tight end personnel is part of it because, you know, Cam McCormick catching passes and running routes has not been consistent. Tremendous blocker. Riley Williams has a very, very bright future and he's playing a lot of snaps, but he's like, he's still so green as a true freshman. I think his time is really going to come. You know, Elijah Arroyo has battled with more injury troubles this year. So I think if you still had a Will Mallory on this team, I, I think you would see more receiving production from the tight end room. So I think it has a lot to do with personnel and maybe a little bit to do with the offensive coordinator. We get a question from Dat Dude 239 who says, What's the possibility on Miami potentially losing players like Brashard Smith, Jakari Brown, Jaleel Skinner to the transfer portal? I can see a lot of teams trying to get Smith to transfer because he's an offensive weapon. Um, I mean, listen, I, I would hope, especially with – and I love all those guys. Uh, but, you know, I, I, can, I can make a stronger case for Brashard Smith because he's played more. Like, we haven't seen Brown and we barely seen Skinner this year. So, I – I wish those guys the best. Like I, you know, I interviewed them in person before the season and I love these guys and I root for them. I want them to get on the field. I want them to play. Uh, but if for whatever, if they're not part of Miami's plans this year, then I don't know what that means about next year. As far as Brashard Smith, I hope you can find a lot of touches for this dude for the next three, four games, because uh, I don't, I don't want to lose him. I think uh, he can be, he can be, you know, Miami's version of, Casey Concepcion at North Carolina State. So thank you guys so much for the questions. I'm sorry that I'm a little under the weather today and my voice could go in and out and I could cough or sneeze at any moment, but I'm powering through it, man. I am powering freaking through and we'll power through again tomorrow because we're going to talk with Malik Rozier. Malik Rozier, former Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback who produced one of the awesome moments in Miami versus FSU history. That touchdown pass to Daryl Langham one of one of the better memories we have. And I listen, I know that there have been so many from all the wide rights and the wide lefts and Dorsey to Shockey. Like, I, I know that's not the only one, but Malik Rozier provided one of the great Miami moments in that rivalry. He's going to join us tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Kane. So, guys, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button. If you're listening to the audio version, make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, and leave us a five-star rating. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.